0: Good afternoon and welcome to the City View podcast for me, Andy Sylvester, live from the City AM Newsroom. In a minute, I'll be joined by Becky O'Connor, Head of Pensions and Savings at Interactive Investor. And before that, by Nicholas Earl, our NG correspondent, as we look at the latest business implications of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And while that is number one in pretty much everybody's mind at the moment, there is some other corporate news about. Pally Power and Betfair owner Flutter has revealed tumbling annual earnings as it was hit by an unprecedented run of punter-friendly sports results. The group, which also owns PokerStars and Skybet, posted a 24% slump in underlying pre-tax profits to $620 million for 2021, despite revenues rising 17% on a constant currency basis. In the UK and Ireland unfavourable sports results cost the division £232 million in revenues of which £149 million was in the fourth quarter alone. Sending so one week last October 15 out of 16 of the favourites won in the Champions League and Tyson Fury's knockout of Dillian White in October didn't help matters Either. Shares in the Daily Mirror and Daily Star publisher Reach, meanwhile, have published over 25% this afternoon as the publisher has warned against the bitter sting of inflation. Despite digital revenue up over 25% to near enough 150 million and 10 million registration signups, the point that's start for investors this morning is that the company is dealing with the increased cost of print. It's gone up 20% over the last few months. You and us both reach one of the main bidders vying to snap up high street chemist Boots has abandoned a potential bid for the firm and move which could see Asda now move into pole position for a takeover. Buyout giants Bain Capital and CBC Capital Partners pulled out submitting an offer for Boots last week, Sky News' Mark Kleiman first reported. The consortium's decision to withdraw from the bid was down to the price expectations of Boots owner Walgreens Boots, according to sources cited by Sky News. And Nicholas L here with us now, CTM's energy correspondent. Still only really one story in town when it comes to energy, but let's just have a quick whistle through the week just gone really um let's start with bp's decision late on sunday night to pull out of its deal with rosneft
1: yes that's right bp um has announced it is going to exit its 20 percent stake in rosneft while um it's uh chief executive bernard looney and its predecessor bob dudley will both be leaving their boardroom positions as they both had seats on the board
0: at rosneft not not bp we yeah. should clarify <laughs> yeah
1: and um this is obviously a, a very significant decision because, of course, um, they estimate this could actually have a uh, have a twenty five billion dollar hit on mm-hmm. their um, on their business. And um, shareholders weren't immediately sympathetic the following day, uh, with a four percent drop on the FTSE one hundred at close of play on Monday. Um, but fundamentally, it seems as though. They felt they had no choice but to make mm. this decision amid continued pressure from uh, from government with quasi-quieting holding meetings with mm. Bernard Looney to yeah. put pressure on, on the firm.
0: Yeah, I mean, we should always be careful, obviously, giving business too much credit because my instinct is it will have been Bernie and various other people that, at BP looking at the images over the weekend and, and thinking they wanted <laughs> nothing to do. With it, as I said in our leader on on Monday morning, there's a difference between doing business with people you wouldn't necessarily want over for dinner and doing business with people that are best mates with Vladimir Putin. And and obviously, after the events of the past week, that that equation has changed pretty significantly. Um, After BP, the deluge, I guess, Shell yesterday getting out of its Gazprom Deal.
1: Yes, that's right. Shell has um, exited its gas Gazprom arrangements, including its links with Nord Stream 2, the now shelved mm-hmm. uh, pipeline between Russia and Germany, which would have doubled gas flows between both countries, um, which was also suspended recently by Olaf Scholz, the German chancellor. And alongside Shell, you also had Equinor, um, the Norwegian energy firm, uh, announcing its uh, cutting of ties, also in this case, though, with Rosneft. Um, and it seems as though both firms really felt the momentum um, and continued pressure on them to follow BP's suit, although as seen today, um, some other energy firms have tried to be a bit a bit more political with their decision making mm,
0: you're referring there to Total Energies, the French energy firm, which has announced that it will not be putting any more capital into russia um into Russian projects, but will <laughs> maintain its stakes in all of the projects that it is engaged in. I have to say this one strikes me as particularly odd because you can make one of two decisions, as far as I'm concerned. One, that it is not the time to be doing any business with Russia at all, which seems to be the element that BP and, and Shell have taken at a significant financial hit to their shareholders. Or you can say business is business. We have to keep the lights on. Um There is money to be made, and money being made in Russia is as good as money made anywhere else, and that that money creates jobs and pays tax revenues and is good for the wider human condition, the making of money, which is a good thing. Total have decided to go halfway house, right?
1: Yeah, pretty much. Essentially, they won't be putting any more money into their Russian projects, but their 19.4% stake in Novatech remains as is, at least for Mm. the time being. Their statements were... To be fair, it's been very specific in criticising Russian aggression in Ukraine, in contrast with perhaps N Group Plus yesterday, which had a more of a generic call against mm. violence in the region, as if the violence was according to some sort of natural disaster <laughs> like a hurricane, rather than it well, just well, happened. It was like the yeah, weather. Yes, um, but the the reality remains that for now, at least, they're uh, keeping hold of their keeping hold of their stake in in the company. Um, without going into any specific names, there's also a lot of other firms that are currently holding out
0: Mm, yeah no indeed well we'll go into those names in tomorrow's paper I imagine and last question I guess Nick is is around LNG and oil prices we had Jack on the program yesterday Jack Barnett our economics and markets correspondent talking about the impact it would have on inflation if gas and oil prices rise you're the man to tell us if they are rising. It seems like they are.
1: Yeah. Oil prices back up above $104 per barrel. Um, Bank of America forecast, depending on the severity of the crisis, could reach 120 Goldman Sachs have gone for a slightly more sobering, but still very high, $115 per barrel. And it seems as though there will be continued high estimates on uh, investment banks over the coming days. Mm. In the case of gas, it's spiked 12% today alone on both the UK and the Dutch futures.
0: Yeah. And I mean, of course, there's two very obvious implications. One... Gas prices basically inevitably ends up being energy prices, um, which is going to massively hit manufacturers, going to massively hit bars. I mean, and no, no businesses is, is immune from from energy prices going up. And of course, on the oil side of thing, the most obvious knock on of that is is petrol prices, which is going to have a massive kick on any business that uses. You know a motor vehicle amongst other things is very simplified today there's a huge number of things that are involved here but you know if you are amazon for instance you're looking at a decent chunk of change um as a result of the petrol prices going up so nobody untouched by vladimir putin's aggression in ukraine and of course key victims are those being bombed to smithereens it seems in in kharkiv and kiev this afternoon um nick thanks for joining us no problem. Um, and a slight change of pace, I think it's fair to say, as we go to Becky O'Connor, who is head of pensions and savings at Interactive Investor. Becky, pleasure to have you on.
2: Lovely to be with you.
0: We've just been talking about inflation with regards, obviously, to issues outside of anybody's control in, in Russia and Ukraine, um, and the impact that they're having on on the cost of living crisis. But unsurprisingly, I guess you're looking at it from slightly different, through a slightly different lens around. What inflation forget Ukraine Russia, but just runaway inflation is doing to um, to people's pensions pots and people's savings pots.
2: Do you know it's really difficult to think about the long term when there is so much going on in the here and now but of course if inflation is affecting the uh, cost of living now and affecting investment performance now then it, it is going to have some bearing over the long term too and i think it you know time frames really matter and particularly with pensions you know you, you start investing very early in your career and then you've got decades until you actually need that money so if that's you, if you've got forty years or so to retirement, the chances are that this this moment in time over the long term isn't going to have a huge impact. But if you're retiring fairly soon, if you're an older worker and you know you're thinking about drawing from your pension from the first time, because of course you can do that from fifty five, and um, then what's happening now? In terms of the impact of everything, including inflation on markets, is really going to make a difference to the value of your pension pot. And the whole point of a pension is to try and preserve some value so that you have a decent amount to retire on when when you want to give up work. And so inflation is really the biggest threat to that. And that's why pension fund managers, often use multi-asset strategies um, uh, diversified across across the world, across sectors, um, uh, in uncorrelated assets to, um, to try and preserve the value of a pot of money over the long term. Mm. Inflation just makes that a lot more difficult. But what you hope is, over the decades, inflation will be lower and higher, and it should roughly balance out. And the whole point is to beat inflation. That's that's the name of the game. Um, so it does feel quite nerve-wracking at the moment, but it, you know, if we are a long time from retirement it it shouldn't worry you too much
0: okay and let's talk about those pension strategies because that's interesting so what you're hoping for then or at least you know what i'm hoping for is a typically disengaged individual when i think about my pension and and auto enrollment all sorts of things (laughs) surely not what i'm hoping for well yeah i'm surely not but you know we'll play the game for now um you know the idea is that then Pension fund managers should be looking for that kind of diversified asset class because things like Vladimir Putin rolling tanks into Ukraine can happen.
2: Exactly, and over the very long term, lots of stuff can happen. You know, we've we're fortunate in the sense that for several years, a decade or so, we've not really had a hard time to go through in terms of markets. We had the financial crisis in two thousand and eight, obviously, but since then, it's been okay. It's been a Yes, there was Brexit. That rocked things. But then we pumped more money into the economy and investment values continue to do quite well. Thank you very much. Um, Wars, you know, wars do happen. Um, And over a 40 year time frame, you know, you can expect that something like this would would happen. Um, So, yeah, I mean, the thing, the thing again is, it it doesn't really affect you too much if you've still got forty years to mm. retirement. But those people who are kind of well, forty five plus will be thinking, okay, you know, have I got enough time for my pension pot to recover from this? Um, and you know, with with war, the danger, of course, among the many dangers, is that the impact lasts for much longer. Mm. Um, and you know, we. <laughs> With Brexit, um, with the financial crisis, QE uh, kind of rescued the economy and, and rescued the value of investment pots. Um, but, you know, we don't know what's going to happen as a result of this particular yeah. circumstance, which makes it slightly more scary.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's that's obviously something that we're all facing right now. and Maybe I'll be facing for some time in terms of thinking about investments um, and the world around us. Let's just take a quick moment in the rear view mirror, touch wood. He says, trying to find some wood in the office to such. Um, at the pandemic, which changed a lot of people's um thinking, I guess, about what it was they wanted to do with their lives, what it was whether they wanted to maybe retire early, maybe they wanted to cut down hours, maybe they wanted to do X, Y, and Z. Um, we were in the sort of build-up to this, I was looking through some some commentary from you in in recent recent weeks months, looking back particularly at an ONS study of of older workers during the pandemic. And it was interesting because it seemed that there was this sort of push to leave work slightly earlier maybe than people had considered before. Do you think that was just people thinking, you know what, it's time. This is a break, this is a rupture, and if I don't do it now, you know, five, ten years down the line, I'll still be in the office and maybe I'm not enjoying myself as much as I might have been.
2: I think the pandemic certainly gave people perspective and, and you know, people did take the view that there's more to life than work during that time and, you know, tried to wrestle some sense of meaning from all of the chaos. And one of the ways some people did that was by going, do you know what? Yes, I am going to retire. It is time. I'm only a few years off anyway. I think I've got enough money um, in my pension to last. Um, so I'm going to go for it now. It's very difficult to know when looking at the figures, though, to what extent people uh, lost their jobs during the pandemic mm. um, or were put on furlough and then decided, actually, do you know what? I, I don't really want to go back after this. What's the point? Um, and the ONS uh, research suggested that people were stressed and also suffering from um, physical ill health. Um, and, you know, if if that's the case for you and you're a few years from retirement anyway and you do think you've got enough money in your pension to last you for your retirement, then I can totally see why people would have taken that view mm-hmm. um, and decided to quit while they're ahead. Um, but equally, the ONS stats showed that people would consider going back to the workplace if flexible work was on offer and they could still meet their caring responsibilities. So I think we can conclude that the modern workplace isn't always well suited to the <laughs> needs of older people um, who may carry on um, if conditions change and they they can work more on their own terms mm. and uh, those that can tend to tend to stay in the workplace
0: I guess the key points to take away just very briefly is that a lot of this is, and that flexibility that he had during the pandemic presumably comes down to how much You've been thinking about before how much planning you've been doing about about being in a position where you can deal with with something like this I mean there's always sorts of stats about people that don't have the savings and you know people don't have the the cash aside if you, if a boiler blows up but I guess when I think when you think about retirement when you think about savings there's also a you know what happens if if the economy just stops tomorrow.
2: Yeah, and you know what? I would urge anybody who's close to retirement or or recently retired to just check that their withdrawal rates are still sustainable. Um, you know, based on the current value of their pension pot. And um, don't panic. Um, clearly that's never a good idea. And you know, things things do change. Um, but you know, the idea of a pension pot, particularly if you're in drawdown, is to make it last. It has to last. Um, and given what's happened with values, that may need to be revised. The amount people are taking out currently may need to be revised. Um, Of course, what makes that difficult is living costs are going up. So it seems a very difficult time to think about reducing the amount that you're taking from your pension. But the important thing is to just keep it under continued review at the moment.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, tough times for now. Let's hope for better better times ahead, sunlit uplands ahead. Um, Becky, thanks so much for joining us.
2: Thank you very much.
0: And that's all from us at City View today. We'll be back tomorrow from the City M Newsroom for now. Goodbye.